Ask him something wacky, like how many toes do you have? <laughs> Hello and welcome to The Fizzle Show. We are passionate about the indie entrepreneur movement and how much opportunity there is for us little folks to sidestep the BS and get straight into supporting our families by doing work we care about and that the world finds valuable. Your hosts are three guys who are literally putting everything on the line to try to prove that point. Corbett Barr, he's the founder of thinktraffic.net and uh, wearer of surprisingly unlame hats. Caleb Wojcik, director of uh, all things Nook and Cranny, both of which have separate columns and some spreadsheet he's looking at right now. And me, Chase Reeves, creative director and professor of mustache and chutzpah at fizzle.co. You are in the Fizzle Show, folks, and we've got a good one for you today. How many times a month does someone ask you, so uh, so what do you do? Now, if you're like me, you try to make that up on the spot and because you like to shoot from the hip, but end up more often than not sounding like a doofus or a douche or just someone who doesn't care that much, which just isn't true. I don't want that. I don't want it for me. I don't want it for you. So today, we're going to get into how to create a great elevator pitch, a compelling summary of your business in about 30 seconds or so, all right? We give you our greatest tips, like uh, like be a Targaryen, just sit with that for a little while. It's going to make sense in a little bit. And uh, you'll also hear some gut-level advice from five people who get pitched to a lot. This is great stuff to learn because your elevator pitch can be the beginning of so many great things, or it can be the realization that, you know what, if you're muddy and unclear when you tell me about your business, maybe the danger here is that your business itself is muddy and unclear, and you should do some work to clear that up. So I'll be back after this conversation to fill in any gaps. Let's get into it. Okay, so here's the deal. I heard an interview with a guy that I look up to a lot called Brad Feld, all right? I don't really know a whole lot about the guy, but every time I hear him talk, it's intriguing. He works with tons of, uh, of companies. He's an angel investor, VC kind of guy. What are you laughing at? What are you <laughs> I'm laughing just thinking, at? like, you always have an ongoing man crush. Yeah. Like, there's usually about three overlapping <laughs> at a time, but there's always a man crush going on. They last for three to six months or so. There's yep. an overlap. You move from one to the next, so you're never without. Yep. Exactly. It's true. It's but right. Brad Feld is like a current man crush, and I it's a good one. I, I, I never I sleep have, alone. I've... <laughs> <laughs> I'm familiar with Brad, and he's he's a good guy to follow. But I'm glad that that's your current man crush. Exactly. So, uh, and I'm always attracted to these guys who have. There's guys who immediately I hear them talk about business, and I'm intrigued. Mm-hmm. Him, Brad Felt's one of them. Paul Graham's another one. Guys like obviously, you know, I there have three slots. Merlin Mann's always filling up one of them, so I really only have two slots. Okay, <laughs> you know what I mean. But uh, but there's people who the way they talk about business, it's inspiring to me. It mm-hmm. makes me, it helps me think about my life. It makes me more comfortable in my own skin, basically. And it gives and I, from when I think from those places, I have better ideas with better intentions and better lo- whatever. Yada yada lot yeah. yada. I like Brad Feld. <clears throat> all right, don't hold it's it against good. me. No, I good. think he's attractive. He's got nice hair. Okay. What, what I like about your man crushes is generally they're fairly intellectual people. They're they're deep and good good people to read. I mean Ryan Gosling is certainly there. <laughs> well, that's as well. different. That's a surface crush. <laughs> <laughs> so he ha- he runs this thing called Tech Stars uh, or something like that. I can't remember if it's I think that's exactly the name. Tech and Stars. his blog is Feld Thoughts. There you go. Yeah. 
And uh, but anyways, he was. I heard in an interview he was talking about how anytime a new person comes into the TechStars office, where they have any number of companies working out of, right? So let's say for example, it's like there's ten companies that they've invested in, and they all work in this office. It's like a little incubator. Um, anytime a new person comes into the office, every company has to give their elevator pitch. Has to give you know tell about your business in a minute or less or something like that. So like I I'm here with a package delivery UPS and then yeah. like ten companies are going to come and pitch me. <laughs> exactly. Hey man, I, I think you I think your business idea sounds great. I just I really got to get going. I got a lot of stuff in the car. I got like ten more packages yeah. to get get through before lunch. <laughs> hold on, hold on, just five more companies. <laughs> but this is something that he's made everybody do. And I was as soon as I heard it, when he what he says is like. Around, you know, once you get through 20, 25, 30, going, telling it 40 times, you know, in that quick sort of way where it's like, okay, someone comes in and you can tell the, the UPS guy or something and they need to get on their way, but you want to try to connect. What you want is them to sort of say like, oh, that's really kind of cool, actually. You know what I mean? Yep. Or something like that. But he says the more you do it, the, the story kind of takes on a different note. It starts to get internalized. It stops being about like just some data point or just some thing and, and you, you get better and better at communicating it. So it's getting to the point where me, once I heard that, I knew, bam, I wanted to do that. I wanted to do that with every fizzler, everybody that I get, that, that, that asks us a question on the show, everybody that we meet at a conference, I want to be able to say, hey, so tell me about your minute. Tell me about your, tell, tell me about your minute in one business or less. <laughs> <laughs> tell me about your business in a minute or less, in 30 seconds or less, something yep. like that. Give me the gist of it. Because I like to be, because a lot of times people come up to us at conferences and they want they have, a, they have a question. They have a thing they're really struggling with. And frankly, that you know, 30, 40 seconds of your time or two minutes or a cocktail of your time is really valuable, Corbett. So if they can set you up with the right kind of context in 30 seconds, yeah. they're going to get such a better answer. Yeah. Such a better answer from you. Much more like directed, it. a much more focused answer if they preface it with what they're doing. Exactly. And it makes you start to own that title because usually you use a title like, I'm a writer or I'm an entrepreneur or I'm an athlete or an actor or something. And a lot of times people say, I'm a wannabe or I want to be an actor. Or, I want to be yeah. whatever. But when you just start saying, I'm an actor, I act, that's what I do. Yeah. You start to own it a little bit more. So it's mm-hmm. like both internal, it helps you just like mentally, but it also helps explain it to other people so they can help you. Totally. Too. Totally. And, and it's just, and I, I think the story, I, I think the process, I think you internalize that story by saying it. Okay. So, okay. So this is what we're going to get into today. We're going to tell you how we're going to learn. We're going to walk around all the best tips that we've found about how to put together a great elevator pitch. And to to be honest, it's not rocket science. In a little while, I'm going to give you what I think is the essential bits as far as, because when I'm writing a headline or when I'm putting together a design, like doing Think Traffic or Smart Passive Income or Nerd Fitness or all of these things, it's kind of like putting together an elevator pitch. That's where I start. Is like, who is this person? What did they really, really represent? What is this? What is Think Traffic in a world where there's a million how to do, how to be a douchebag online sites? What is Think Traffic? Like, what, who, who, like if Think Traffic had a voice, what would it be? I want that to come through the design. So I feel like this, I've had a different way of looking at this for a long time and it's come through, you know, layout and color palette, but mostly, mostly it's just been the words. And that process, has taught me a lot about what a good elevator pitch should have. So what I've got here is a handful of, of recordings, questions that we've gone through uh, with people, both Caleb and I, and just kind of running the gamut of a ha- of people who are in industries where they're going to get a lot of um, of pitches and who have seen it a lot. Um, 
So we asked them, what advice do you want to give to people who are putting together an elevator pitch? And, and here's what they had to say. Here is Mike Pacione, presentation coach of the stars. So the, the idea behind the elevator pitch, okay, well, you're on an elevator with the CEO and you have 30 seconds to pitch your idea. And I don't know anyone who's actually had that situation, or maybe I do, but that, nothing jumps to mind. Mm-hmm. So what people think that they should do is start right from the beginning and type, okay, so you've got your Word document in front of you and it's like, okay, well, 30 seconds, that's like 100 words. So I'm going to type 100 words. And you sit there and you agonize over every last word and like, well, should I use admonish here? Should I use another word? What word should I use? Yeah. My advice to you is actually to start by just vomiting on the page. Like give the five minute version. Okay. 10 minute version, however long it is. But just give the lengthier version and then just keep cutting that. I, I think what I wanted to add is there are instances where just it comes out right. Where... I'm talking to you and you say, hey, what do you do for a living? And I just say it and it's a sentence and it's like, oh my gosh, that's perfect. Yeah, Not how it works for most people. If, if you have to enter that world where you're sitting at a computer with a Word document open or Evernote open or wherever you do your thinking, I would encourage you to think in quantity first and then start reducing from there. Get all the ideas out and then, then start filtering from there. Yeah, exactly. Got it. Mm-hmm. Regardless, I mean, really in almost any means of communication, what you're always doing is you're starting in one place and ending at another. Like if you're having a conversation that has any desire to persuade, the person that you're talking to, you're taking them from where they are at the beginning of the conversation and you're moving them to someplace else at the end. In the elevator pitch, what that means, so that's like, oh, fancy. But what that means is that basically you're putting, the, the person that you're talking to you are putting in the position of the person who has a problem and you're going to start by telling them about the problem and then you're going to solve it. That's the essence of what an elevator pitch is. Here is Chris Johnson, the best sales guy I know. Well, sure. There's a couple. First, um, we did a book trailer on uh, Small Message, Big Impact by Terry Siodin, S-J-O-D-I-N. That's a book on elevator pitches. It's all about elevator pitches, and it breaks them down fairly scientifically using something called what's called Monroe's Motivated Sequence, which is from the 1920s, if I recall correctly. And you want to look at that and, and understand what gets people to take the next action. That's tip one. Tip two is cultivate curiosity both in yourself and in other people. So if you're going to meet somebody like Brad Feld, be genuinely curious about how he'll respond. And that takes a ton of pressure off. So instead of saying, I want Brad to buy from me because it's make or break, what I did was wonder if Brad would like this. I wonder if this would interest him. And if it doesn't, then you're saying, oh, it, did, it doesn't. And you're not emotionally invested in whether or not it happened. You're just satisfying curiosity. For most entrepreneurs, Data is about a thousand times more valuable than um, than money. So you get data and then you act on the data because you become stronger. Here is Jason Glassby, bathrobe CEO of paleoplan.com. The one thing I think a lot of people forget is that you don't actually have to tell them everything about your business. You just have to give them an idea of what you're doing. And if they're interested, they'll go ahead and ask more questions. Uh, so like with paleo plan, we run a site that helps people follow the paleo diet. That's a sentence. That's not even a pitch. Right. And people will usually kind of look at me and say like, well, what does that mean? And I say, well, you know, we provide meal plans, shopping lists and recipes. We're a, a membership site. We have $10 a month. You get all those things sent to your door and it's really aimed at helping the 
new to paleo person who's really overwhelmed with the changes understand in a very simple way what they can do to start eating paleo right away. Then usually the person says, oh, I get it. You're not all these other things. But I didn't have to go into this big thing about, you know, well, paleo is this. I don't, and if pe- people don't know what paleo is, I don't bother explaining it. I just say it's a diet that a lot of people are starting to follow. A really easy way to explain it is people with a lot of food allergies tend to gravitate towards it. And I think that's something that I, you know, I really push people to remember is when you're doing your pitch, keep it concise. If there's a question, they'll ask. If they don't understand something, they'll let you know. Or if they don't care, it's better to not bore them with a bunch of details that they didn't want to hear in the beginning. And as you go, you'll learn to pick up those visual cues. This person doesn't know what that means. Maybe I should elaborate. Also, working on knowing who the audience is. You know, if I'm if it's an investor I'm trying to get money from, I'm definitely going to let them know that we're a membership site, that we have, you know, X number of people and they pay X number a month. And, you know, here's how we're growing. You know, that this is what we're doing right now, but what we plan to be is this. If it's someone I'm looking for a co-founder, I might want to try and sell that it's more established. It's more, it's already a safe bet to join, you know. If I just want to press some dude at a party, I might talk about how we're really early on and how we're one of the first resource sites that come along and have, you know, we've gotten a significant amount of traffic and maybe drop some of those numbers. In a minute, you can still tell a tremendous amount that's still targeted to a certain type of person. Now, I don't suggest you try and impress people at parties with traffic numbers. That just makes you look like a douche. But it's still something to know. What are you trying to do talking to this person? And what are you trying to convey that would be meaningful to this person and further the conversation you're starting? Here's Jathan Reichel running a startup accelerator in beautiful Kamloops, Canada. Really, what you're trying to figure out is the shortest possible way that you can get across the information that that particular person is looking for, right? And generally, those people are divided into three categories. You know, you've got people that are general interest, right? You know, for those people, you're trying to give them some information about what it is that your company does in a way that they're going to be able to understand. It doesn't require a lot of, um, you know, industry-specific knowledge, right? A lot of people end up using metaphors in there. You know, we're the Twitter of underwear or whatever it happens to be, right? To try and get that across as quickly as possible and just give that person some sort of idea of, the space that you're in, you know, how you're different and, and what you're doing. But, you know, generally, if you're running into, you know, a networking event, which is where these things get used most often, right? When you're one of a hundred companies that's at a networking event with a hundred investors and you're roaming around with drinks, talking to people, um, what that person's looking for is different, right? They want to know how you're going to make them money, that you have some sort of understanding of, of what the addressable market size is and that there's something that's genuinely and importantly different about your, your company. So that looks a little bit different, right? Uh, you know, they're generally more interested in what the financial side of the company looks like more than what it is. And um, so that changes the, the focus of what that little pitch looks like. And customers are, are the same thing, right? The amount of information that you can give them because generally, if someone is a potential customer, they have a little pre-knowledge of the industry that you're working in is is different, right? You can talk about problems in a different way. You can talk about your company in a more specific way that relates to uh, what their experience would be if they were you know, using it. So, so that's it. So, you know, when we have people coming into the accelerator here, we try and break it down into, 
you know, all these different component parts, right? You know, who their competition is and what their differentiator is and, and what their market size is. And we've got this grid that we use to have people break down, you know, the structure of their company in a really easy to see way. But the way that they construct these pitches is different based on the audience. So that that's basically it. The one piece of advice I've got is don't have one, right? Have, have three. General interest, uh, people who might want to give you money, and uh, potential customers. Here's Josh Ship, wearer of weird hair and public speaking mogul. All right, so a few things I would say is that, number one, familiarity trumps creativity. So a lot of times when we're talking about our businesses, we tend to shy away from comparing it to existing data points that people are familiar with because we sort of become creativity, creativishly snobby about our business or our product or our service. Mm. But in an elevator pitch, actually familiarity trumps creativity. So uh, even though it's going to go against sort of your creative instincts, if your business is Netflix meets Pandora, you need to, you need to say such because you're communicating to people in a language that they understand and where they have sort of existing things that they can begin to wrap their mind around it. So that's one point. And then second, you need to think about what your differentiator is. So if you are Netflix meets Pandora, okay, now you've got me to your plot of land. I can sort of understand it. I'm beginning to envision it a little bit. But Netflix and Pandora, bad news, those already exist and they're kicking ass and they're going to crush you. So tell me what's a differentiator about your product or service uh, now that you have me in a space where I'm at least somewhat familiar with your concept. Another thing I would say is you really need to understand your audience, meaning what do you want from the person you're pitching and what do they want from you? So what do they want and what do you want from them? Because uh, sometimes you're pitching someone who could be an investor. Sometimes you're pitching someone who could be a partner. Sometimes you're pitching someone um, who could be a provider of a particular service or something that you need. So the pitch that's going to work on an investor is going to be different than the pitch is going to uh, work on someone who you want to be a team member. Does that make sense? So yeah, you've got to you got to really think through. You know, what do I? What would be a win? What would be a home run uh, it, with this pitch? You know, begin with the end in mind. What would be a home run for this particular pitch? And so, based off of that data point, uh, you know, what do I need to lay out for them? Uh, fourth, any sort of existing convincing data you have that's not total BS, it's really, really good to relay that in your elevator pitch. Because anyone who's getting pitches every other day, let me guess, another life-changing concept or another game-changing or in industry-interrupting idea. Yeah, 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 I've heard that a bazillion times now. But if you can differentiate yourself with, we have you know, we've been beta testing, we have X number of users, or we've already, got it, we've already got started, and here are some reviews or some testimonials, or we have X number of members, or X number of revenue, or X number of anything. Anything that basically shows that you've, that you've gotten off your idea and actually busted your ass and done some work, that's going to work to your advantage. Uh, because a lot of people have dreams and ideas and visions, but just the fact that you're taking action on them uh, is going to be a lot more attractive. Mm, I like that. Uh, my final piece of advice just comes from someone who makes their living as a public speaker, and that is that you really, really want to practice your elevator pitch, whether it's 60 seconds or 90 seconds or whatever. the I don't know what the perfect length of an elevator pitch is, 
But you got to understand that practice makes improvement. And so you really, really want to do it. I would, I would convince you to do it a hundred times in front of the mirror and then a few dozen times on camera. So just, you know, pop open Skype or uh, something where you can video yourself and sit down and give the elevator pitch. What are you doing with your hands? It's distracting because it's weird. Sometimes, you know, video is one of the most, watching yourself on video is one of the most depressing and, and important things that you can do because what we think we sound like and how we think we present ourselves versus how we actually do are often two entirely different things. So figure out what your pitch is, sit down, uh, practice it a couple dozen times, and then video yourself, and then painstakingly watch it. You will weep, you will end up dehydrated, (laughs) but realize everyone hates watching themselves. But frankly, it's the only way you're going to get better. I love it. These are great tips. Thanks, Josh. I apologize. Well, it's like a, a whirlwind of perspectives. Uh, uh, I've got my notes. Do you guys, did you, you take any notes through that? Yeah. yeah. Josh has <laughs> especially reminded me of the site called nonstarter.com where you just click a button and it combines the two phrases. So it's like, it's like Tumblr for upholsterers. Or <laughs> exactly. It's like clout for blacksmiths. Yeah. Who else? <laughs> Your friend Jay also said uh, Twitter for underwear. Didn't he? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. That's it's a startup like, I, maker. Yeah. You know, that's that's. I think that's a um, that's a thing that some people in the startup community lean on too much as a crutch yeah. to say we're like the uh, we're like Netflix and Pandora combined for blah blah blah. Yeah, it's like to to lean on a couple of big businesses, and I think that was effective at at one point, like a decade ago. Mm-hmm. But now it's like every VC, every investor in the world hears the startup pitch them. Yeah, being like we're like the blank for blank. You uh, know? But and and, and I, I agree. I think it's it's sort of. I had a talk with actually one of the guys, Jason Glassby, about that exact thing. We didn't include it here, but um, it was. It definitely had it had its time in some ways, but I I really resonated with what Josh said. He said familiarity <laughs> familiarity trumps creativity. I'm making fun of you, Josh. Familiarity trumps creativity. In some ways, what you're really looking for is the most impact in the shortest amount of time, or just something that opens up that that piece of someone's mind that yep. gets them to sort of. Re- and and also, I like that 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 the idea of that makes it more of a dialogue instead of like a. Uh, just that these are the right answers kind of a thing, right? Yeah. But it should be said, you know, if you are t- talking to an investor, a VC, someone who gets pitched hundreds of times, you know, a week or something like that, then yeah, they're probably going to hear we're like Netflix for costumes a lot. But I, but, yeah. to, be, but to be fair, I heard that Actually, recently. Actually, the, the, the new thing is we're Airbnb for, <laughs> no, but it's know, not even a joke. There's Airbnb for flowers. There's Airbnb for pets. There's, yeah. it's like all over the place. And, and I, or we're like Uber for blank. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like whatever the hot startup is, it's like, everybody's like, ah, oh, maybe that could work in this other industry. And sometimes it does if you have a leg to stand on, but that's where I forget who said it, but data comes in you know what i mean yeah. because it's like okay great you're like netflix for such and such prove it to me yeah. you know what i mean totally um okay so i like that because i like i like that we we jumped right in on that one cuz that is in some in like some of the vc and startup world like that's that's a, a big point however i think that most of most of the fizzle show listeners cuz i myself like i'm never going to pitch i i haven't ever pitched to a vc but an elevator pitch 
is still wildly important to me. When mm-hmm. I'm someplace, I mean, I, here I am. I just moved down to San Francisco, like whatever, you know, three or four months ago or something like that. I don't even know. Maybe it was eight months. I'm not good with time or math. So, uh, but I've already been at parties with the people who are doing the things. Yeah. You know, and actually what I've, what's been interesting is, is when I tell them, it's, when I tell them what I do, typically it's like, I don't know, in those situations or like at WDS or at Blog World at some conference, man, if you're into me because of what I do for a living, then like I'm probably not going to be into you. You know what I mean? But if you're into me because like I met you, Corbett, at a conference because we were drinking the same cocktail. You know what I mean? We were right. both drinking for net and it was like... What, how do you, That's wait. a bad way to start a relationship. <laughs> well, it's, it's an enabling kind of it's way. It's such a dark and rich liqueur that you know right. <laughs> it's, it's, it's as rich as the, as the devil himself. And <laughs> totally. And as pure as an angel. Sometimes you spark. see the devil after you drink enough of it. <laughs> But um, okay, so let's think. Let's rejigger ourselves here because a lot of these guys are 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 coming from the perspective of startup incubators, be looking for investment. In yeah, their and some of this was a little theoretical. Like I love this compilation of ideas, but let's put a little meat on it as yeah. well. You know what I mean? Fill it out like with some some examples. So um, one of the things that let, let's just go uh, and mention any things that you really loved about about yeah. those. One of the things I really loved that Mike said was uh, starting in one place. And ending in another. Any conversation you start in one place and end in another. You get someone to somewhere. I love this. Okay, I'll tell you why a little bit more in a bit after we're done with this next with this segment. But that you need to move someone from point A to point B in their understanding. So if you think about it that way, are you doing that right now mm-hmm. in your elevator pitch? Also, um, Let's see. I love I love that Josh is like I, I jumped on the the call with him. He's like I have five. <laughs> I have five, and he just started. He l- thinks in terms of points, <laughs> numbers, so that he remembers exactly. how many he needs to make. Right. Exactly. So um, I I love I just I just loved that fact. The thing I really loved about Josh's is um, practice. It, he said practice it a hundred times mm-hmm. in the mirror. Practice it a hundred times. Frankly, hundred. I don't even know how to put a dent in a hundred. Then he said two dozen times on video. So I I say do it twenty four times to the mirror and to yourself in the mirror and then 24 times on video yep over the course of two months you know what i mean or a month or whatever right i love this idea of and he, this guy knows what he's talking about totally. people he's been speaking and, and makes his living doing like running going around the country speaking and now he's got like eight tv shows or whatever but um he's been doing that for forever it's he's got one message I mean, he has more than that now, but he really only ever does one message. It's, and that's crazy to think about, right? Yeah. That you can have one message and and just it like dig into it so richly exactly. that it becomes this whole career. It's and then amazing. it's interesting enough for TV shows, even though it's really, like you said, one message. It's one message, one problem to solve, one one thing. You know, and I love that. I love you know. You think about like we wrote we wrote a post called "Write Epic Shit," right? Yeah. It's one of our most linked to most most uh, like and it really is. It's inspiring. It's awesome, right? Maybe you can only write one epic. <laughs> shit. Do you Maybe take your or whole write. life. <laughs> you could take one epic. <laughs> I almost got him in the middle in the middle of taking a sip. He almost, the Negroni almost came out of his nose. <laughs> almost a spit take. What is what's a spit take on radio exactly? <laughs> I don't know. But anyways, the point being. He's got one one message that he's practiced so many times. You know what I mean? Like I love the idea of that, and that he, you know, 
is simply it essentially and just to us. add on that like for people who don't know maybe who these guys are like it, this is a great collection of people so mike Pacquion uh is like a coach extraordinaire to all kinds of speakers that people probably know he's coached pat flynn steve cam he yep. coached me on speaking and what Mike and uh, Josh have in common, Josh Ship, who's like a successful public speaker, is that they both really hammer home the need to practice over and over again. And Mike, um, Mike instilled this in me when he was coaching me to give a talk. And I just took it blindly because I'm not an expert at public speaking. In fact, it kind of scares the shit out of me. So I just took it blindly. I'm like, okay, Mike, whatever you say. Yeah. He said, practice it. And then practice it and practice it and some more until you're sick of it and then do it again. You know what yeah. I mean? Yep. So I literally practiced a talk before I gave at uh, Blog World last year, probably from start to finish, probably 30 times. Whoa. And like the three nights before I, before I gave it, I did it like three times in a row. Um, you do it out loud, you do it in your head, you do it in bed, like while you're not looking at your notes, all this kind of stuff. And, um, it came out so easily. Yeah. It just made my life so easy, like giving the talk. Yeah. No nerves at all. You yeah. know what I mean? It just cuts that all out That's because awesome. you're so prepared. One thing that I do for like uh, videos, for presentations, I've done this a lot. For This is something, this is uh, the way that I think. I think very verbally. Like I, I, a lot of times, like I'll be like, okay, I need to put together a presentation. I had to write, a, put together, I put together a presentation because I spoke at a Josh Ship event. Mm-hmm. I didn't take any notes. I just, I just pressed record on my phone and walked around my office and just started talking. Yeah. And then I went back and listened to like what is the point of this thing? Yep. Cuz typically cuz at that point I had done a lot of thinking about who are the people that I'm talking to, where are they at? And I just started ranting to them, found the thing, started putting together the notes, recorded it again off of the notes. Real and then, and then for so for me when I record it in any way, whether it's video or even just audio, and you're listening it's the same thing like Josh said, it's like I'm I you just hate yourself on audio as well. Because you're like, oh my God, you're rambling. This is so vapid. You know what I mean? Such self-indulgent prattling. Right. You know what I mean? Um, but so for me, I do the audio stuff a lot. I'll try to do that before for any video, for any blog post, for any anything. Because it helps me think things through, especially when I listen to it back again. And you see the gaps. You see where you're just like, I'm already, especially if you record it last night and listen to it the next night yep. or two days from now. You're like, oh, this is, this is not even the point at all. Like the, that point is way over here. And th- this gets back to something else Mike said, which is just to kind of start long form, get all the ideas out, and then start whittling it down. You know, it's like yeah. it's like you're gonna like vomit out all of the thoughts that you have, and it's gonna become one giant slab of marble that doesn't look like anything. Yeah. And now your job is to go and start chiseling it down to oh, man, the statue so of David. You're so poetic. Um, you Chase have figured out that you work best, you know, through just talking. Yeah. And, um, so you do that. And if I were going to do it, I would sit down and start writing. That's just how I think, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? It's, it's great, you know, to figure out the way that you best operate. Absolutely. It's imperative. Caleb, are you a writer or a talker or a video or a, or a epic? (laughs) (laughs) Not the last one. I, 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 uh, I will either write or I'll do audio and like, I'll go for a walk and I'll speak it all out. Yeah. And then like you were saying at the end of it, you're like, oh, this is the point of why I was talking. Yeah. And then you can write it in an actual coherent matter. But I liked what Mike was saying about instead of trying to wordsmith it from the very beginning, get rid of all the words that you have in your head and maybe a better word will come out of that instead of and, sitting yeah, there totally. on a single word thinking about like your mission statement or 
how you're going to change the that's world, literally you know? the where the the worst place for your creative parts of you to be as yeah. in a situation where it's cornered against a limitation like that that because what you where you're that's not a real limitation when you look at a hundred words or whatever right maybe if you pulled out an index card and you tried to write it all on that but then you realize you have a hundred index cards right so that it's a false uh, it's a faux thing and, and really the way that you know we know we work best is when you brainstorm the one rule is there's is that every there's no bad ideas right so you start out that way and you throw everything out there and then you filter from there you cool mm-hmm. down from there and that's a really big point first of all I, you know i really love that we're talking about this in the con- we haven't even gotten into the meat and potatoes of what we really think of how to put together yours together yet yeah. but we're going to but i love that first we're 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 covering you need to think about that the fact you need to understand this is going to take work this is going to take maybe you did it maybe if you do it a hundred times you're going to start to get to the sense of like this is going to really start to to click yeah it's going to take work and it's also not going to happen in a vacuum yeah you're probably not going to sit down at your desk and like put a bunch of stuff out there whittle it down and then just end up on the final perfect yeah. elevator pitch you need to then take that thing that you whittle down and you feel like is really special and precious yeah. and take it out in the world and have people shoot holes in it totally and then work from there because really it's going to take months of that to get where you need to and go. the same kind of strategy can be used for something like a tagline at the top of your website copywriting for a headline on a sales page like these types of things you want to test them on people you want to say them to people and get their reaction and then ask them again like a week later and say it differently and see yeah. like does that feel different does that feel better so if you can bounce your elevator pitch to people yeah and that Jay- helps Gla- too. jason glassby mentioned this in the, in the sense of like you can pick up visual cues so obviously clearly when you're doing it in person with someone you can you can see clearly like this person does or doesn't care right and if they don't care don't try to get them on your side and i loved his perspective on it uh, of um just, just like he his was a sentence and then if someone was more interested, they'd ask more questions, right? Yeah, a yeah. very quick little sentence that either you know what I'm talking about or you don't. And what I love is built into that is I don't care if you know about it or if you don't. And if you do care about this thing, if you know about it, if you know about this thing, then, then you're probably going to be interested in it. Because if you're and if you're not, like I'm not going to try to get you. I'm not going to try to educate you on why, why paleo is such a good idea. Right, right, right. You so make I mean? sure that you're talking to the right sort of audience to begin with before and you get feedback. This gets to a point that I wanted to make. Okay, this is the first of of one of our our points. Um, well, this is one thing that I've heard from a lot of big time VC guys when they see what they look for in a, in a founder is a a grit, determination, chutzpah, this sense of like stick to itiveness. And we've talked about this in the Can Anyone Entrepreneur episode, right? So um, I want to get the set. Okay, I want to get two things from you as a person. I want to get that, that it's, I don't know. It's not that I want to get that you don't care about me. I just want to get that, that you're in the middle of something you, you're all in on. Right, you know whether I mean? you're with me or not, I'm all in on this thing. This is a problem that I think is valuable. ADHD, you know, what was this the horrible example that I gave? Like ADHD, sexually active women with ADHD or something I gave in some in our previous <laughs> podcast. So dumb, but like this is the first thing that vomited out of my head. Yeah, and and it was like I care so much about this issue, you know. I mean, this made me think of why do I care so much about sexually active women with ADHD? I don't know. I could be a savior or something. Um, but I care so much about this issue. I don't really care if you care about it or not because I'm convinced this is a real problem. 
You know, obviously that doesn't fly really well when you're looking for investment. But again, let's lop that off. We're not talking to those people right now. We're really talking to people who want to build a business they care about, they want to go on, they want to support their dreams, their life, they buy their kid gluten-free crackers with this thing, you know, hopefully without raising money from investors. Yeah, know? yes, but um, when you talk to people, this is where sort of the rubber hits the road. If if you feel really strongly about something, that's okay, but um, you need to start talking to people to make sure that, that thing actually exists because yeah. maybe maybe there maybe there are sexually active women with ADHD, but they don't have any specific problem that, Where that they the care to talk to you about. Examples come I don't know. From. It's it's an awkward example. It's so bad. It's like can we? Okay, right now we all three of our heads together. Let's let's think of another example to talk about. Well, let me tell let me tell a, an actual story from a, a fizzle Ooh, member. Real life? <clears throat> yeah, Ooh. real life. So I was speaking um, last week or two weeks ago with uh, Omar from a site called businessrepublic.net. Omar and Nicole run the site, and uh, he's a Fizzle member. And he started talking about problems that he had with his business, and he started telling us about the things that he offered. And we went and looked at his site, and it was very much like around, um, the tagline was something along the lines of, build a brand that... um, you build a brand that's like unstoppable or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. Okay. So we started breaking this down and, and started thinking about his clients. And this is where, as Caleb said, like an elevator pitch is basically a tagline. Yeah. These two things are yeah. like interchangeable and an elevator pitch is the start to your about page. It's mm-hmm. like, or it's the headline on your sales page, mm-hmm. right? It becomes all these different things. Yep. The problem with a tagline or the headline on a sales page is you're not going to get direct feedback from people where you get to look them in the yeah. eye and see if they're glazing over or if they're actually you know engaged in what you're telling them. Yeah. So we had this conversation with Omar and we were like, you know, the whole idea of branding, it seems like you feel like you have a, a hammer and so everything looks like a nail to you. Yeah. You care about branding, so you're going to talk to people about branding. But when you're talking to your clients, do they give a shit about branding? Like mm-hmm. small businesses, what do they care about? They want more customers. They want more sales. They don't want branding. They don't want a good brand. They yeah. don't know, even know what that means. Like what does that word mean, right? Yeah. So he's like, oh, I hadn't really thought of it that way, you know? Mm-hmm. So what he decided to do is take his tagline out of his office down onto the street and walked around his neighborhood and talked to 10 small businesses hmm. and gave them different pitches about what they were offering that because these were clients these were potential clients small businesses that ran a gym or a you know a cafe or whatever people yeah. that could become his clients and he started giving them these pitches different things he was thinking about and he quickly realized like yeah they don't give a shit about branding like uh, it doesn't make sense to them yeah. i need to talk in more plain terms and get to the heart of the problem so he ended up with this tagline right now which i think is brilliant i love it okay okay it's on his site right now businessrepublic.net it says Build a business that can't be ignored. Oh, that's, yeah. that's the tagline. So it went from can't be stopped. No, it was to build. Can't be it, no, it was create a brand that's unstoppable or something oh, yeah, along okay, those yeah, lines. Unstoppable. Yeah. So it's but it, but it, but the point was that it was a brand. Like, what's a brand? Like, I don't care about a brand. You yeah, know what I mean? I care about not being ignored. The point is, as a business owner, the thing one of the things that you fear most is that you put all this work into a business and you're simply ignored. Oh, right? I love it. That's great. So so he arrived at the problem, the pain point that people feel, like yeah. that people aren't paying attention to them and their business. Yeah. Um, through getting out and actually talking to people on the street. Interesting. And this is something people like overlook. I think you're like online and you think all your customers are out there and in other countries, other continents, and some of them are actually just on your block. Yep, totally. I love that. I think that's an awesome example. Well, thank you. 
Yeah, no, I mean, thanks, really, Omar, for really superbly done, Corbett. <laughs> Where did you get such example skills? You know, yeah. Um, uh, I, I love that. That's 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 fabulous. Let's go through some some more of these. Uh, Caleb, do you have any anything from one of those that you wanted to mention? Uh, just that you have to really tailor to who you're talking to. We've kind yeah, of yeah, everybody briefly, mentioned but, that, hey? but a lot of people mentioned that. Yeah, so you know which conference you're at, so you know how to pitch it to that person. If you're at a party where no one is an entrepreneur, maybe, yeah. or everyone has a normal d- job, or you're at a party of all photographers and you're a photographer, but you have a special niche that you do. Like you, you really have to tailor it to the person you're talking to. And if you don't know that person at all, at least tailor it generally to the kinds of people you're around at that event or wherever. Yeah, yeah I like that. And, and I think my favorite answer on that, that angle was, was Jay, who said, just have three categories. He said, uh, you know, someone that just the general interest, someone who could be an investor and then a potential customer. And for most of us, the investor category can probably go away, but it's probably good to do the work and figure that one out. Because what that gets at, you know, he specifically mentions, you know, market size, what's your differentiator, finances, things like that. You but know? investor, you could substitute different words for that. Yeah. Mentor, like maybe you're looking sure. for a mentor. You yeah. have to get them to buy into it. A peer who you want to help you out with something. Even partner. people that you want to hire or yeah. partners, like that's all the same category. Yep. No, they're not customers, point. but they're people that you want to be invested. So, so now in this episode, we we don't we haven't done this before in a in a fizzle episode. We do it all the time in fizzle.co courses. There's always action items, checklists, things to do. All right. We've never done it in a fizzle show before, uh, but I kind of want to give people homework. For this one, for anyone who's out there who's serious about, like, okay, I want to, I w- frankly, this. No matter what you're doing, you're gonna have to, ha- you're gonna be asked, what, hey, hey, Bill, what do you do for a living? Samantha, you just got started up on your own. What are you doing nowadays? You know, you want to have a great answer to this. You can just be like, oh, I'm working for myself and like just trying things out. I'm kind of a entrepreneur and just, you know, or you can be like, you can, not not that the the goal is to impress people, or but like. Confidence, though you, you can you can do something more, and and you never know where those where those relationships go. You know what I mean? If I didn't talk the way that I talked when I met you, Corbett, I probably wouldn't be sitting here. You know what I mean? So the 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 way that you answer that question, it's not just about my elevator pitch. It's about who you are, what you're into, what your life is like. Well, it's becoming that for most of us. Yeah. Most of our businesses, our jobs, our careers, are. It's hard to tell the line, draw the line between personal life and 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 work. Yeah, because because so much of our work is play. Right, you know what I mean. So much of it is coming straight from who we are. Yeah, like writing is work to me, but it's me, man. I'm finding out so much about myself through the writing. Totally. So that, that's my, I guess, that's my plea for like take this seriously. For those of you who want to do the work, we're gonna give you some homework here. Okay, you ready? For are you th- giving it now? I think I am. Okay, I know I was going to. Yes. So, you're going to make three different elevator pitches. One for general interest. This is somebody at the coffee shop. You know, your barista, like, hey, what do you do for a living, you know? Um, and, that, like, so for, for me, I, and maybe if you, if you guys feel comfortable making one up on the spot, since you probably haven't done these three categories, but I'm, for me, typically when someone asks, just regular, everyday person, when someone asks what I do, I say, I'm a designer and educator, okay? So, I'm a designer an educator. I like that because it's like, okay, that sounds a little bit interesting. Like, if you just say you're a designer, it's like, yeah, I got that from the headphones, kid. You know, you know what I mean. <laughs> um, but uh, a designer and educator, because in Fizzle, what we do is we're training, we're training people who want to run the, their own business to support themselves. You know what I mean? That's education, baby. 
I think, right? Sure, it wrong? is. Yeah, absolutely. So that's my simple thing. Is I just and then if they ask for more information, then it's then it's getting more towards like that potential customer conversation, which is you know I I help people who want to support themselves by doing something that they care about learn how to do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So and normally what I do here is I'm talking about. It's lonely. There's isolation. You don't know what you need to do. You know, there's like all of these options. You're not sure which is the right one. We help guide people through that experience. Yeah. So in that case, when you're talking to potential customers, you're really getting at the pain point. Whereas when you're talking to the barista, you're kind of like, I mean, that's very brief, by the way. Way too brief. And somebody's going to ask you questions probably about that. But I I like to have a You kind of yell it as you're walking away with your your mocha. I'm an educator. I'm a designer and educator. See you later. (laughs) I'm a designer and educator. That that espresso was over at Other Express. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That was perfectly good Colombian. To follow on to that, the the homework, Mm -hmm. um, something that I find really interesting and useful is to give your pitch amongst peers and then to get to listen to how the your peers give the pitch. Yeah. Uh, so the other day, I was out to drinks with a couple of um, other bloggers. I was there with my wife and Baron Quadro, who runs mm-hmm. Effortless Gent, and Jody... Friend of, the, friend of the show, Baron Quadro. That's right. And, so you're uh, with a bunch of bloggers. I mean, I mean, there must have been a... It's a hoot. It's a hoot. <laughs> just, I was looking for like a stereotype about bloggers, and I can't even find one anymore. Oh, we were just in our pajamas. It was like eleven. <laughs> there it is. In the yes. morning, we just woken up. We were starting to work, and that's great. And so we were it's having just, everybody's just passing around yeah. cat gifs in real life. Exactly. IRL. Exactly. Uh, Jody Ettenberg was also there, who runs Legal Nomads, and then there were a couple of people who were like not bloggers. And I always, it's always interesting to watch your peers give their elevator pitch to people who aren't yeah. in the industry. You yeah. know what I mean? So uh, there were two people who were uh, medical professionals. One's a resident, almost a doctor, and mm-hmm. the other one's a physician's assistant. And I found myself, like I always find myself saying something like, um, I run a small business that creates video training for online entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Like, And people sort of understand yeah. vaguely what that is. I don't want to say I'm a blogger, because that has like negative connotations. What a horrible word. It's like, it's like saying I'm a booger. You yeah. know, it just sounds <laughs> right. like It that. just sounds weird, yeah. I don't want to say I'm a writer because, you know, it's it's not exactly the and right you fit. Write, write for the New Yorker And we do what, a lot of pal? stuff, right? We do a lot of stuff, exactly. Yeah. So that's kind of what I say. But it's always interesting to see other people. It's also helpful sometimes to have your friends there yeah. to hear what they say about your business. So like when Baron mm-hmm. like starts talking about his business, totally. I'm always like trying to like, you know, get him to say what he how what he creates is really cool and useful and interesting but he like kind of downplays it yeah. to new people and that's so I'm really like, interesting yeah because you know I mean? when i'm at conferences and i introduce a friend it's probably something completely different than what they would say yeah because i'm like super excited i'm trying to like prop this person up so if somehow you can think about that get outside your body and say what you would say about yourself yep. to prop yourself up and say that's you know, a great point that's a huge point actually the concept of what do your friends say about you in fact i don't maybe i'll put it in um if i can find it when i was talking to mike pacchion he he told me he's like for instance what i would say about fizzle is blah you know and he used the word guidance we i guide entrepreneurs through this thing well guess what about two minutes ago i just pitched to you what what i did yeah to and people. it changed already i used the word guidance yeah Right. So 
hearing what other people say about this is a phenomenal tip. I wasn't even planning on this. That's a great. I, that's a perfect tip. Yeah, because it it's worked into my, into my own way of of saying things so often. Yeah, because when you're in a, a, your business, you're making your thing. You have tunnel vision. You're what uh, what Merlin and Dan would say. You're close to the metal. All right, too close to to make anything interesting happen. Yeah, really outside of that scenario. So when you hear someone else talk about your stuff, it can be eye-opening. Now, pay attention is the point of Pay that, attention, you know? totally, to what other people say, and then also pay attention to how other people talk about their business as yeah. well. And, and listen to how awkward it sounds and how uninteresting it might sound to your, you know, when your peers talk about their own business. Yeah. So, this, you know, we've talked before about creating mastermind groups where you just meet with other people every week and talk about what you're working on. This is a perfect place to give your pitch and have everybody else give their pitch. That'd be great for your mastermind group if you yeah. have one. Start every week by giving your pitch like, and see how oh, it evolves over time. Such a great tip. Now, um, I want to mention something else, though. I think, Chase, you said that you say that you're a designer and educator. First of all, I've never actually heard you say that. Second of all, I really doubt that you say that because you tend to be <laughs> a little bit more self-deprecating and like humorous about stuff. And I think that you'd probably come up with some little joke to well, throw in before The thing that. is, is I've, 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 I've noticed myself over the past, you know, we've been making Fizzle for, six, for, for a year now, right? Yep. So over the past, you know, four or five months, we've been public. We've been we've been making a lot of sales. We got we got members. Like this is my job. This yep. is what I do day in day out. Right? I really love it. But I watched myself telling people when when they asked me at the copy, like just that general interest category. Yeah. I'm bad there because I don't. I'm, I always. It's down, almost like you don't care too. Much. I downplay it too much. Yeah. To the point where it's like it's not it's not that it's awkward. That doesn't bug me. What bugs me is that like it might feel to someone like I'm not taking it seriously enough. Yeah. And I really do. Yeah. I really do care about this. And so what I want to do is I want to provide some answer to them that that either closes the door or opens it. You know what I mean? They have to choose which. You know what I mean? So yep. that's where I landed on designer and educator because, frankly, it, 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 it is what I have started using it. You okay. haven't heard me use it yet. I have used it for the past month, and it, it, it gets weird reactions. It, it's interesting. Now, that's that's not a pitch. That's a that's a No, it's just kind more of like, like a, a, yeah. a title. You know yeah, what I mean? A, right. a job position in some ways. Let me uh, let me tell you. So, just to continue on that that evening of cocktails. So, I mentioned Jody Ettenberg was there, yeah. who runs Legal Nomads. She's a permanent traveler. She was a, a an attorney before, and she's been traveling continuously for five years. Mm. It's a really interesting story. Um, she's a speaker. She talked at WDS a couple of years ago. Anyway, um, the elevator pitch thing happens. Like they ask me what I do. They ask Baron what they do, and it kind of gets around to Jody. And she gets this like weird look on her face, and she's like, um. You know, somebody asks, like, what do yeah. you do? Yeah. She goes, um, I eat soup. <laughs> so, and at first it's like, it's like, what? Like, yeah. how, why would you say that about yourself? Like, yeah. you're, you know, you know, like, I know Jody, she's like, she's a writer and a speaker and, yeah. you know, consultant, all this kind of stuff. But the interesting thing is when you, when you talked about, or when Mike Pacquion talked about start somewhere and end in a different place, the really interesting thing about saying something like, I eat soup is that it's actually true. Jody eats soup in different, she travels to different countries and she, her blog is focused on travel and food and how food opens up your experiences like within a country, yeah. like to really taste the, the local foods. And every country has soup and she's really into soup. So she actually really does eat soup for a living, like in a way. But the interesting thing is, it is a differentiator. Yeah. Because when you hear people give their elevator pitch, a lot of times there's a part of you that starts to cringe right away because you feel like you're being pitched to a little bit, like somebody's yeah. trying to 
puff themselves up mm-hmm. or like sort of tell you what they do so that you might buy something from them or yeah. whatever. But if you just catch them off guard to begin with, mm. then immediately they're going to have a question, right? And then instead of you pitching for a minute or two minutes or whatever, giving yeah. your pitch, you start out with a like this weirdly innocuous thing that is immediately going to invite a question and then it becomes an interview format where they're asking you stuff yeah. and you get to un like that you know dialogue peel that, back the onion yeah, like totally. over time that dialogue that jason glaspie was talking about yep. and that like you just say some simple sentence if they're interested they keep going yeah if not and depending on the environment you know what i mean some environments are like you're sitting around a, a table everybody's kind of going through it and you say i eat soup for a living like guess what it's going to invite questions you're at the coffee shop, you say, I eat soup for a living, and they're like, ha, ha, and kind of like give you your latte, you know, because they don't really have time for a conversation. Right. Right. So different situations call for different sort of, you know, I bet, I bet Jody would have a different, maybe she would have a different answer in a, in a coffee shop environment. You know what I mean? Maybe. Like just to a, a quick, you know, you know, it's not going to Yeah, last although this was to, um, this was to a person that's not in the industry. It was just casual conversation yeah. over drinks. It's, it's interesting. I think that, um, you know, differentiation and also the other part of this is, just humor and having fun. Like it's really easy to make what you do for a living super boring. Yeah. Especially to other people. Like and, if to, and to just not do the work. What we're doing here is doing the work of saying, like, how do I make it special when I say, when I answer the question, what do you do for a living? Yeah. How many guess what? You're probably listening to this podcast, you've never asked that question of yourself. Why? Because almost nobody ever asked that question of themselves. Yeah. You know, they what get I mean? asked to them, yeah. So so I mean to just to go that little extra mile to think about it. And to that, here's another point. This is one of my three points. I have three. How, what, which number is this? This is number two. Are you sure? Yeah, number one was I want to see your, I want to see your dedication. I want to see your chutzpah. I want to see you going all in. Now, chutzpah doesn't really mean that, but it means close to the point. You get the gist. I want to see your <laughs> stick-to-itiveness, your grit. I want to see that you care enough about Determination. this situation. You care enough about this problem that like you're, I'm not, what I'm going to say is not going to sway you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Your balls. Number two, I do want, firstly, yes, I do want to see your balls. <laughs> Second of all, um, shoot, now you got me thinking about balls. <laughs> shoot, dude. Shoot. Ah, shucks, dude. What, um, what were you just talking about? <laughs> what was I talking Holy about? What crap, were you talking about? I really about? lost it. Caleb, bring number us back. Two. I really number lost two. it. It was number two. Oh, oh, no, no. What was it? It was number two. There was first determination. Chutzpah. Third was the good one. Third is the is the main. Is chutzpah. The but this, second one is not chutzpah. I like how you say it with the you do the throat thing. Chutzpah. Chutzpah. Hi, Vey. Um, I can't believe I'm not going to get it back. Now it's hidden in the Negroni. Chase only has two points today. <laughs> oh, go back to the beginning. Um, starting over. Hey, we're going to talk about elevator pitches today. <laughs> I really am not going to get it, so let's move on. All right. If I come back to it. So your second point. I can't believe it. This is the worst feeling. God, it's, it's just the worst <laughs> feeling when you know you lost it. it. But it's there. It's right. It's right. It tickles. It tickles. It's like cloying. It's like when you eat a piece of cake. Um, okay, well, let's talk about a couple. Okay, Chris Johnson said, genuinely wonder about how they're going how, how to respond. Um, this is a, uh, like he said, be curious. Genuinely mm-hmm. wonder about how they're, what it's going to be like. So if you have the foresight to say, like, okay, I'm ta- he said, you know, if you're going to sit across the table from Brad Feld, think about Brad Feld. Put yourself in that situation. What kind of things is he into? How, how do you think he might genuinely wonder how he's going to respond when you say X, Y, and Z? Sometimes you're going to have that situation. Like, you know you're going to be at a coffee shop. Someone's going to say, what do you do for a living? Yep. Close your freaking eyes and genuinely wonder 
Like, put yourself in that situation. Well, here's the thing. Let me ask you guys this, because I feel like it's in vogue for our, whatever, you know, our group of people, the people that we hang out with, yep. to feel like if someone asks you, what do you do, that immediately they're uninteresting to you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because it's like they equate like your personality yeah. with what you do for a living. So immediately, most of us, I feel like when you're in that casual situation and somebody says, what do you do? You immediately discount this person you and give them off, an yeah. answer like, I'm a designer and educator, yep. instead of like trying to engage them and like yeah. turn it in your direction or whatever. And and I think we all, we, we coach people to, instead of saying, what do you do? If you want to make friends with somebody, be like, you know, ask them like something wacky. You know what I mean? Like, oh, <laughs> Ask them something wacky, like how many toes do you have? <laughs> Ask them something wacky, like if they're interested in solar power. Ask them something wacky, oh, like I how just... many strings on there in their guitar? This is what I get for saying the word wacky. Hey, kids. Hey, kids, you want to know a real wacky question? How many shoes do you have? <laughs> Ask them something wacky, like would you prefer to have shoelaces or just slip-ons? Okay, the title of this episode has to be Ask Them Something <laughs> Wacky. <laughs> But you felt like I think like you had like a road not answer. Not wacky. To- no, no, no. I didn't have a road answer. It was more like you know you just you're like like what interests you? What do you do for fun? Or you know what I mean? What are you like, passionate about? I love that. Like yeah, that. I got that vein out on both of your foreheads. I got a vein Caleb, on both over your Skype. Foreheads. You could even see it over Skype. <laughs> oh, anyway, I like that. Anyway, you you get the picture. I think. I, now here's just something I fooled around with on that because I've I've always felt that like like you know I don't want to ask like what do you do for a living? I am interested in and. And, you know, your job or, or like where, where, career is important. I'm not one of the persons who thinks that career isn't important. Right. But I do want to come at it from a different angle. So one of the things. Sometimes you want a just, little foreplay at first. You, you don't want to jump right yeah. into what do you do? Because then it's like they're one of those people who's like measuring you by how much money you make or something. Exactly. And it's or like if that. you're a lawyer or doctor or not. So tell me, Jeffrey, what are you doing these days? For yeah. work? You know what I mean? Or whatever. Like, yeah. like you know, so Jeffrey is actually an independent contractor. Yes. Yeah. He's an independent contractor. Jeffrey's actually, I can't, I got nothing. I can't even. <laughs> That's it? I don't even know. I, I, I was like, I didn't have anything to start with. Okay. I just was going. Yeah. Weird. But, um, so I've asked like, like, so how do you make monies? Like there's one way around it where it's just like an interesting, like sort of like little tweak on top. Like, so what do you do for a living is something almost existential. Well, I have typically one or two bowel movements a day on a good day. I can get into Frankly, I'm like stoked. <laughs> That's how you get paid. That's what you do no, for a living. If you ask, oh, what do you just, do for a living? Like, sure. Who are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you, you know what I mean? Right. Like, I've been reading a lot of Rumi, and I've been thinking a lot about the nature of manhood. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, no. But what well, happens Also, you get like an automatic response, too. What's that? You get a very automatic response it to is. that question, yeah. too. Because yeah. it's like, oh, how are you? Good. Exactly. You know, it's like that. It's like, what do you do for a living? You say your title and like who you work for, and then it's done, typically. Yeah. So, so if you change the question just a little bit, like you're saying, then you get a better answer. I kind of want to. I kind of want to put this back to our physical show listeners. What do you think has been the interest, most interesting way of asking that question that you've heard or that you've come up with? You know what I mean? Send an email to what support at fizzle dot co. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Co- yeah. Who, that comes to you, Caleb. What It'll comes come to, comes to you? It comes to me. Support at fizzle.co comes to me, right? Well, for now, I mean, yeah, as long I, as you're on I, I point. I like it. I like it. I'm on point. It comes into intercom via me. So send me an email, support at fizzle.co, and, and tell me what's the, what's the most interesting quest, way you've ever heard that question? Or like, where you, like the most interesting way to get into you know, what someone does for a living can without we, sounding like a douche. 
can we come up with a better, I'd love a better email address than support at, can we have one that like, hey guys, at fizzle.co? <laughs> wacky <or> talk. <laughs> Ask them something wacky. <laughs> Wacky words. <laughs> hey, everybody! I'm Willie, the wacky word guy. <laughs> I'm salty. Uh, <laughs> that was a good episode. That was good. Oh, salty droid. Um, okay, uh, genuinely wonder was where we were on the Chris Johnson thing. I love that. Put close your eyes. Put yourself across the table from someone. Put yourself in the. If you're pitching to a handful of VCs in the room, put yourself in that room. Like one of the th- things that Mike Pacquion told me about being giving presentations is if you can at all possible get into the room itself before you give your presentation yeah the night before the day before two weeks before whatever so you can close your eyes and think about what it's like going to be like when it's full of meat and there's people there and you have to present your thing and you're trying hard to resonate with them to get them to like care about your thing and and uh you've gotten me back into paul graham recently like i I read him like uh, i don't know Eight years ago, he's been he's been like yeah. an, he's he's had a blog for a long time. He always calls them essays, which I always thought was cool. But um, there was a great Paul Graham, which maybe you sent me or something. But the idea is that the really great startups, a lot of people feel like they just took off from the beginning. But in the actually in the beginning, what happened was the founders went out there and fought for every single customer that they got in yeah. the beginning. Yeah, yeah. they this were out article there. Where he talks about Airbnb going door to door. Exactly. Airbnb going door to door and um, Stripe, one of the companies we use, like literally sitting down and signing people up on their own laptop. Like, oh, you want to use it? Okay, I'll sit down. I'll sign you up right now and like typing it in. So um, the point being, when you talk to people, instead of dismissing them, like be genuinely interested in what they have to say because you're going to learn from it. And you never know like who you're going to win over along the way. Take every interaction with everyone at the coffee shop or whatever as a chance. You know, like if we, if you told people that you had a, you know, number one business podcast or whatever, Mm -hmm. um, that might be interesting and maybe they would check it out and maybe they would enjoy this show. You know what I mean? Like, you never know like where you're going to win somebody over and maybe they'll be a fan or maybe they'll pass on the information. Oh, you know what? I met somebody in the shop today who said that they do that, you yeah, know, because they're yeah. having that conversation mm-hmm. later. It's always a chance to it's win somebody point. over. It's a great point. Because when, you, when, you're, when you, you're unjaded enough mm-hmm. to genuinely care about people around you. Yep. Like it, it, not in a way that you're like, you need $1,000? Sure, I'll give you $1,000. Like that's unrealistic. Right. You know what I mean? To just any Tom, Dick, and Harry on the street. But in a way that's like you're, you're not so fully yourself, self-indulgent and jaded that you don't. Exactly. That you can actually see the, the lives and the, and the pains and the, and the situations of other Just people. Just be open you. to those yeah. interactions, yeah. Okay, so here's where we're at, all right? You ready for this? Yep. Here's what my gut is. I think we should do this. You tell me what, you're, what you think, if you think it's right. We give a handful of final tips, tricks, and homework, okay? Like actual like things to do. Homework not meaning in the sense of like, you better do this, but in like, if you want to take this seriously, here's exactly what to do. You're going to you're gonna learn it as you, as you do this work. Yep. Okay. That that is something that we are saying here. You will absolutely learn this stuff. You will learn so much when you just open up a Word document or grab a bunch of index cards or get on the whiteboard and just start writing. Start doing the thing. Okay. You will learn by doing in this situation. So can you commit to doing sixty minutes of that work? You know what I mean. Okay. So does that sound like a good plan? Yep. Yep. Final tips. All right. I, I, this is where I got. I've been waiting. I've been waiting all episode. Oh god. I've been waiting for my thing. Um, this is the one point that I would that I thought about when it's like this is the one major tip trick whatever about this. Um, Mike kind of got to it when he was saying uh, you set up the problem and then you show how your thing solves it. Okay. But what I want you to do is I want you to make me feel what's at stake for these people. 
that you're that you're serving for your audience. Okay, the way I put it is like you have to birth a dragon. You are Daenerys Targaryen. You have to birth, not slay, but birth. You're birthing a dragon. You're 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 painting the scales and the talons and the way that it breathes hot fire and molten lava and all this stuff. And you literally, I'm listening, and I, my heart pumps faster. Right, yep. I feel the terror, the fear of the people that, that that have this problem, right? It becomes a real thing for me. What's at stake? And then you show me how your thing, you've created the weapon that slays that dragon. Okay. Okay? And now the, 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 there's a delicate balance here. You can't sound cliche. You don't want to sound trite. You don't want to sound like a douchebag. You don't want to sound... There's a lot of things you don't want to sound in this. What you do want to feel like, you want to feel fresh. You want to feel passionate. You want to feel engaged. You want to feel like you, you know your audience. Like Jay and, and a few other people mentioned data. Data does go a long way, but you know what goes not maybe just not maybe just as far, but it goes a heck of a long way as well. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't cost you any time or whatever. Is your passion and your and your ability to make the language and the and the the whatever the, the you can paint that dragon in a fresh way to me. Yeah. So what's at stake to these people? Walk a mile in their shoes and tell me what it's like, what the blisters feel like, what the pain feels like. So for us with Fizzle, there's fear, there's isolation, there's this there's this sense of like I can do anything I want, but I don't know what the hell I want to do or yeah. I want I need to I just got laid off. I need to figure I've been writing for 2 years online. I've got this small little thing. The rubber is hitting the road. Now I've got to I got to make a choice. Am I going to do this thing or not? There's, I'm uncertain about yeah. which way to go. You've got to guide me through. And this, my right? husband is like, "What are you doing? You've been wasting two years like writing totally. online. You have no nobody around me understands yeah. this stuff." And I can say to my barista, I can say that. I can say like, I help people who want to start their own businesses do it because it's it's lonely. You're isolated. You have your own little dream. Nobody around you probably gets what you're. And you know that about. barista has that dream to run his own shop one day. It's part of human nature, I think. Yep. I think being on your the, a, a kind of independence lives in humanity at literally every age, totally, except for the last two hundred years. You know what I mean? Yep. So, um, last hundred years. So, yeah, maybe hundred years. Anyway, so what's at stake? Okay, we've heard it before. What's the problem? What's the pain point? The way I like to phrase that is, what's at stake? Mm-hmm. Okay, because. It gets you a little more. To, What's in, on the line? What could you lose? Like, yeah, what? if you don't, people who don't successfully do the business thing on their own, they yep. try it and they fail. They think that they're a piece of shit. They think that they can never do something like. They feel that. like their whole life was a waste. Exactly, and you know what? Someone who could who could uh, have been uh, who wrote someone who could have wrote the the post that would have helped my wife and I through this horrible grieving process didn't write that post because they gave up on the thing. Right? You know what I mean? Right. Or whatever so there's anyways I, I, it makes me whenever i get into this i want to get into a lot of things but i'm going to try to stop myself there on that one okay okay what's at stake pinch it off is the big one I'm pinching it off <laughs> epic <shit. laughs> all right i'm gonna go i'm just gonna rattle through mine real quick okay <laughs> whoa there's more there's more that's my big one that's my big epic <laughs> i only have one <laughs> um okay give me yours give me yours no go on all right Contrast. Think in terms of contrast. There's a great uh, TED talk from Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Duarte about uh, from the agency Duarte about uh, the, the shape of presentations throughout the ages of like Martin Luther King, mm-hmm. Gandhi, yep. Abraham Lincoln. Phenomenal. Uh, the, uh, we call it speeches or presentations or whatever. Yep. One of the things that they all do is they go from where we are now 
to where we could be. Yep. Back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And right now we don't have these sorts of rights, but we did have something, something, something. And then we do something, and then have something, something, something. See what I'm doing? Yeah, I'm, I like it. I'm I like doing it. something, something for both of those. It's so like, you're like, oh, this is a really bad thing, but it could be really awesome yeah, if yeah. you. <laughs> exactly. We're out of toilet paper now, but if we band together, we can be in a situation where we're never out of toilet paper again. Exactly. And right now your ass is chafed, <laughs> and it is goofy and and you don't want to be in this situation. <laughs> I got the face. I got the face. You go back and forth, though, between darkness and light. The uh. contrast. Don't worry. I'll bleep those. <laughs> I'll bleep those for you. Um, you go back and forth between the darkness and the light. Because what, and, and just doing it as an, as an, as an what am I looking for? Not an example. Exercise. Yes. Of you just you know, draw a line down a piece of paper. The pain and the, and the pleasure, the, the fear and the desire, the doubt, the uncertainty, and the confidence, what it looks like in these two situations. Now, frankly, in every business that I've ever done, doubt and certainty have been a pain point and a benefit <laughs> right. of, of everything, right? So you'll totally. find some generic things. The question is, how do you make those fresh with the words and the language that you do? And now mm-hmm. that's just the art. That's just the art of it. Sometimes that means going more vulgar. Sometimes that means going more basic and human. Sometimes that means that means sometimes it means going more floral, floral and, and interesting and creative. Yep. It, it, depending on who you are, that that'll change the way you approach those things. Yep. Okay. You have something to add on that? No. <laughs> I'm gonna keep going then. All right. So we've birthed the dragon. We've gone contrasty, black and forth, back and forth, darkness and light. Um, <laughs> sometimes you know, there's no. <laughs> There's no real substitution for having an interesting problem to solve. You know, you can you could really do a lot of work on putting together your elevator pitch on something yeah. that just frankly isn't interesting. Yeah, make the problem I'm an accountant better for accountants. <laughs> yeah. So and, and either that that and now interesting Now that's interesting, Caleb, tell me more. <laughs> interesting means means a couple different things. What I mean is either it connects with the person you're talking to or it doesn't. If you're an accountant for an accountant, if you're an accountant for accountants, I'm an accountant who needs an accountant, that's pretty interesting. Yep. And if you've got the if you if you know you've got the data points you've got the experience you've got the things to show that like show that there's tons of accountants that need accountants yeah and I'm working with all of them I've got plenty of business this is something that Chris Johnson taught me I don't need the sale right now yeah I, I, I'm gonna, I don't need a sale I'm gonna make a sale I got so many whether sales it's, whether it's you or somebody else because I'm in this for the long haul I don't I, you know but yeah. if you're interested in working with me that's fine there's zero desperation mm-hmm. you know that changes the game all right and finally my last point um, if you can do the work. To create a uh, another thing that what what Nancy Duarte calls a star moment, right now in your presentation, Corbett, you created a star moment. Uh, do you want to tell us about that? <laughs> yeah, it was a good one actually. It was a gimmick, uh, and this was again Mike Pacquion. So if if you disagree with this gimmick, you can blame it on Mike Pacquion. Um, however, uh, what we were talking about is the idea of whether or not content really is king. Mm-hmm. And at the end of my presentation, I actually brought out a crown and put it on my head. And you wouldn't have believed what happened. Like, like I took it off too fast and people freaked out because they were like, no, 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 wait, I want to take a photo. Like, this is like, you know what I mean? So, so there's a ton of photos of me on Facebook wearing a crown after my speech and whatever. People didn't forget. It's the moment that I remember from your thing. Yeah. Okay. It's like when Bill Gates, like pulled off the the glass off of the little the table and yeah. like unleashed thousands of mosquitoes on the audience. Yeah, at what what was that? Was that a TED Talk a or TED Talk, a, I think, something yeah. like that. Now, he literally was like, "Here's the problem with malaria. Oh, wait, here's uh here's a thousand mosquitoes in the audience because rich people should deal with this because more people are paying. There, there's so much more money being put towards solving male baldness than, than malaria. Malaria. 
Uh, and he's like, well, rich people should have this problem too. Obviously, the mosquitoes didn't have malaria. But, um, but the point being, that star moment, that thing. Now, now, when you, for me, the word star moment, the term star moment, doesn't communicate. It doesn't put me in a creative mode. I don't like think of like, oh, I know what to do. You well, know? but star is just an acronym for something they'll always remember. Perfect. Yeah. What I like to think of is, or, or I guess I'm still trying to figure through a star star moment stuff. But like mnemonic devices, mm-hmm. you know, something that rhymes or that, that all starts with alliteration or something like that, that makes it easy to remember. In fact, at the, at the blog post on, uh, what episode is this going to be? 18? Dieciocho. Yes. All right. Fizzleshow.com slash 18. There's yes, 18. Dan Pink has a, has a couple of videos that, because uh, he put out a book and he made these videos or whatever, they, that three different pitches. Um, one of them is like the memory something or other. Anyways, I've got them written down. They're going to be there. They're good. Not, we don't have enough time to get into them here, but they're great ways of figuring out, of, of like thinking through this star mode, how to make it a little more memorable, mm-hmm. how to make it a little more, either it rhymes or it's, or it has alliteration or a handful of these other things. You could try to think through what's the tagline, what's the rhyming bit of this. Okay. All right. Star moment, star moment, people. All right. Birth okay. of dragon. Birth of Dragon. Contrast. Uh, contrast. You got to, uh, is your problem interesting or not? Is your problem good or not? You know, don't do a lot of work if the problem's not interesting. Yep. Uh, and then create a star moment. Okay, so these are, these are the, the, the big tips for me. And the most important, though, is, man, make me feel the pain of the person that, that you're serving. You know what I mean? If you can do that, and if you can make me feel like you're really in to serve them, yeah, you know, like I don't feel like you're a douchebag. I don't feel like you're like exploiting some opportunity. I feel like you're like, you know, there's an opportunity, and you are exploiting it, but you're in it for the. I don't know. You, I can yeah. feel you, you in it. Somehow. I can feel it. You know what I mean? You can you feel, I feel me? It. I can feel. <laughs> I'm feeling you. I mean, got I anything mean, else to add? I mean, <laughs> I mean, My I have man. some tips. What's that? They circle back to what we say already, though. Own the titles. If you say you're something, don't say wannabe. Don't say I want to be. Say I am a blank. And yeah. feel so it. Own the and titles. Feel it. Yeah. And it yeah. Does, now, now there's a fine line between faking it till you're making it and, and then, or fake it till you make it and being honest and truthful. Yeah. Not honest in the terms but of But if like, you say you're, you're a writer, gonna... if you say you're a writer yeah. or like I want to be a writer, what's the difference? You know what I mean? A writer, but, like, like uh, who is it? Stephen Pressfield or somebody? Yeah. Uh, a writer is someone who writes like, there you go. Do the work, then you Gruber. can call yourself a writer. John Gruber. Gruber. There you go. Then I'd say practice on real people. And a caveat to that would be have your closest friend, whether that's your spouse or a friend. Whoever that person is knows you probably better than you know yourself in a lot of regards. Yeah. So practice on that person. And they'll be like, you didn't mention this, or you don't really do that, or you don't talk that way. Yeah. You know, after you get it like prepped and do the homework, pitch it to them, see what they think. And, and I don't even like, the phrase pitch elevator yeah. pitch like because you want something you're trying to get people to buy yeah I, I always think of sizzle like what's your sizzle what makes me interested in what you're doing mm, why should think why should someone care i like that you just said i don't even like the word pits i, I pitch I, I wish we had a, another word for this but elevator pitch, pitch is okay though i think what, what, what i want to say is i want to say to someone tell me about your business in 30 seconds or left you know what I mean? Yeah. So try to make it. Try to make a thirty minute, thirty second version and a minute and a half version, which is like a minute and a half is someone who's into it, like a potential customer right. who's like really like, oh, really? Tell me more, right? So homework is create three versions: general interest, homework. God, that sounds so. Bleh. Homework thing. If you want to take this seriously, here's three great ways for you to do it because the work is going to be the work that you do. Create a general interest one, just someone like, hey, what do you do? 
create a uh, one for investors slash partners slash people to hire slash you know trying to get people on your side who might be you know so it's a little more financial oriented a little more market size oriented a little more what's the opportunity look like and then create one for potential customers this is essentially your tagline or your home or your headline on your home page or about page or something like that something that gets me into your story you know what i mean it makes me start caring if i'm a potential customer okay three versions now the truth is you might have several versions of all of these that's great set your calendar event Every week, come and revisit them. Spend about 15 minutes and, and from a week from now and in another two weeks and three weeks and four weeks. Also, try do it. Can you commit to doing it 24 times in the mirror and 24 times on video? I think if you can do that, if you do it, if you do it, I want to hear from you. Support or <laughs> support at Fizzle.co or... Hey, guys! <laughs> at Fizzle.co. Hey, guys. Can you set up the Hey, guys? Sure. All right. We're setting up Hey, guys at Fizzle.co. Dungle that. Bonus points if you submit. I love it. Yes. I have been Chase Wardman Reeves. I've been Corbett Barr. And I've been Caleb Logic. Yeah, no middle names. Oh, I got my middle name. See, I always do. You always do. Because you're one of those regal. (laughs) Hello, I have been Chase Wardman Reeves. (laughs) So there you have it. You want to take this seriously? You know what to do. Uh, I won't repeat the homework stuff because it was just right there. You listened to it, didn't you? So let us know. Shoot us an email at heyguys at fizzle.co. And uh, maybe, uh, who knows, maybe you catch me uh, at a good moment and I kind of help you workshop it a little bit. No guarantees here, folks. In fact, uh, here's the thing. I'm going to do it with you. Uh, here's, I'm going go, to practice this and I'm going to do it right now. Last year, 900,000 people started a small business while unemployed. And I don't know if you've been there before, but it's terrifying. You're isolated. You're confused. You're wanting to give your business its best shot, but you're not sure which step to take. And so we created Fizzle.co to cut through the BS, guide these indie entrepreneurs each step of the way. No confusion, no time-wasting stuff, just some pretty entertaining training and action steps. How'd I do? What do you think? Room for improvement. Listen, there's a bunch of links that you're going to want to get. I've put them all together at fizzleshow.co slash 18. F-I-Z-Z-L-E show.co slash 18. Of particular note are these uh, handful of videos that Dan Pink has put together on different kinds of elevator pitches. Super short, cute, animated things. Very helpful. Um, I think you're going to want to see those. So fizzleshow.co slash 18. Now, dear listener, if you like this, please leave us a review on iTunes. Or share it, maybe share it with someone. That would probably even be better. You know, we don't know how to get more people to listen to the thing. All we know is we want to spread these ideas about business, about living a life you actually care about. We want to spread them like a virus. So if you could share it with someone or head to the iTunes store and search for Fizzle where you will see our... I don't know if they're cute or silly or what. Our little faces looking up at you like like hungry golden retrievers. Uh, and you can click the button, write a review. Uh, we really appreciate that. Listen, your business matters, okay? Spend a bit of time making how you talk about it matter too. We'll talk again next Fizzle Friday. All right, thanks. See ya.